Move Forward Radio is brought to you by ChoosePT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at ChoosePT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Eric Reese. When physical therapist Carol Ann Nelson moved back to her native Oregon after several years on the East Coast, she sought a way to help people with neurologic conditions and chronic diseases enjoy and benefit from the wonderful outdoor spaces in which she'd grown up. The result was Destination Rehab, a hub of adventure, independence, and community that welcomes participants ages 18 to 90 plus. The facility offers individualized physical therapy and mutually supportive group outings for people with physical limitations from conditions such as stroke, brain injury, multiple sclerosis, and Parkinson's disease. And it has them take part in lake activities, travel scenic bike trails, and enjoy mountain views. It even offers participants opportunities to embark on multi-day retreats. In this episode of Move Forward Radio, Carol Ann talks about how her dream came together. She also shares stories of memorable participants who've made the facility their destination for healthy movement, neurologic recovery, improved quality of life, and just plain fun. Joining us to share her experience is outdoor enthusiast Sally McAllister, who'd feared that her time had run out to hike, bike, and kayak because of her progressive disease. That changed when she met up with Carol Ann and the staff and volunteers of Destination Rehab. Helen Keller once said, one can never consent to creep when one feels an impulse to soar. That quote motivated Carol Ann to create Destination Rehab, and it reflects the experience of Sally, who calls the facility a game changer in her life. Here's our conversation with Carol Ann and Sally. Carol Ann Nelson, uh, Sally McAllister, thank you for joining us on Move Forward Radio to talk about a, a somewhat unusual and, and very special destination. As the website notes, Destination Rehab welcomes everyone ages 18 to 90 plus with neurologic conditions or chronic diseases such as stroke, brain injury, multiple sclerosis, uh, Parkinson's disease, and spinal cord injury. Carol Ann, you're a physical therapist and you founded uh, Destination Rehab, but before we get into the details about it, can you start by talking a little bit about your career path and sort of your, your interests in the rehab arena and, and any unfilled needs you felt you wanted to address with this venture? So I grew up in Eugene, Oregon and went to undergrad out here in Salem and was looking around for what I wanted to do after undergraduate school. I did a little bit of EMT work. I started to shadow with some physical therapy clinics and just immediately started loving the idea of improving movement, improving someone's ability to engage in life better, to be healthier, to be healthier throughout their life and to be able to do more activities into their older, the older part of their lifespan. And so I went towards physical therapy. I actually moved to North Carolina to go to Duke for their doctor of physical therapy program. And while I was there, I had some amazing mentors and professors who taught me so much about the brain and the spinal cord. And I just became fascinated with how the body can adapt, can learn, can recover after injury, and how so much of what we can do can influence that and help improve it in people's lives. So I became very interested in neurology. I went down to Florida at a big rehab hospital there called Brooks Rehabilitation and just had some wonderful mentorship and some wonderful opportunity to work with very high-level pieces of equipment, patients with very complex conditions and a lot of, a lot of challenges. And so here I am at this just amazing center for neurorecovery. Uh, so we saw a lot of people with stroke and brain injury, Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, 
pretty very challenging conditions and very life-changing, life-altering conditions. We had patients who had been really active in their life, and suddenly they have this injury, and now they just don't know how to sort of restart. They don't know what's available to them, what's possible. So we had this, these patients coming in, and I had access to all this equipment and all this amazing mentorship and a great team of clinicians, and everyone is an, an expert in their field. And our patients made so many amazing gains, and they improved so much in the clinic. But then it surprised me because they would come into our sessions and they would say, I only leave my home to come to physical therapy and doctor's appointments. And my immediate thought was, why are we putting all of this work in if this is not changing the rest of their life? They're still so isolated. They still feel so limited in reengaging in the fuller part of community, in activities, hobbies. I love the outdoors. I love hiking and biking, and I've always loved backpacking and kayaking and getting on the water. And, and I thought, we're missing something here. There's a gap in what we're offering people, and physical therapists are in the perfect position and have the perfect knowledge and training to help people get back to not only being safe at home, and not only being stable and generally healthy or getting their range of motion back or getting their confidence and balance back so that they're not falling, but there's a whole other step. There's a whole other part of life to enjoy. I mean, did these people feel like they didn't have those opportunities or that they needed somebody to kind of help guide them toward those opportunities? It was almost like a gap in the ability to take that final practical step from the clinic to the real world. Mm -hmm. So here we are in the clinic trying to mimic walking on a trail and there are a whole bunch of obstacles, but it's still an extremely controlled environment. And it can be somewhat boring sometimes to, to go again and again to the hospital. It's not quite as inspiring and fun as actually being in the outdoors. And so I realized that that translation from practicing it in the clinic setting to actually having the confidence to go and try it out in the real world mm -hmm. on a trail or in a difficult situation where you don't know what barriers might come up, that all of those unexpected things were just a little too much for people to be willing to take on. For, for most people, some would just go do it. But I had enough people commenting that they just didn't feel ready to try it, weren't kind of willing to try it on their own or didn't feel confident or have the tools to try it on their own. And so my immediate thought was, well, why aren't we out there in that most challenging situation alongside people, using our skills, using our knowledge to help them in the most challenging situations they're going to face? How, how do you translate that into starting Destination Rehab? How did that all come about? Yeah, well, some of it was influenced by personal factors. So while, while I was in Florida, my husband and I had twins, a boy and a girl, and all of our family is out here in Oregon. So we pretty quickly realized that we needed a little more support around us and moved back to Oregon in Bend to be closer to family. And then as we transitioned out here, I had a, a gap in work of about six months, and it just gave me the time to really think about all these experiences I had at the hospital. And so it just gave me the opportunity to reflect and think, gosh, this, I love being outdoors. I want to take other people out there and equip them to be able to do it more independently. Uh, it sounds like a, a daunting venture to kind of go from uh, having this theoretical idea that that would be a great service to be able to provide to actually getting all these moving parts together. So, so tell us a little bit about how you yeah. came about, came, how and when you came about forming this. Well, it's quite a learning curve. So I started with an idea. Why aren't we doing physical therapy in the outdoors, utilizing the outdoors to challenge people? So I started with that idea, and I started thinking about, the types of people I wanted to work with and the access they would need. 
and I had, you know, a few options. I could go the, the private business route or I could go the nonprofit route. And the reason I decided to start a 501c3 nonprofit is because I know that many of my patients already have a lot of high medical bills. They have a lot of equipment they need to purchase. They don't know what's ahead. They're probably trying to save because they don't know where their condition, especially if it's a progressive condition, where it might take them. Mm-hmm. And so because of that uncertainty, I have quite a few folks who I work with who need access to scholarship money and grants to be able to access my program. And so I knew that by starting a 501c3, that would give me more opportunity to write for grant funding or approach donors to help support those folks who would normally not be able to be part of my program. Okay. So I started by founding the 501c3, finding out all the different business things that I needed to line up, and then started seeing people in small groups and just kind of offering little activities to see what landed and what people really responded to and what they liked. And then did a lot of connecting and reaching out and speaking at support groups in town, like the stroke support group and the brain injury support group and the Parkinson's support group, trying to make connections and get to know people. As I started launching my idea, I also wanted to incorporate a lot of feedback from the community so that I could go the correct direction based on what people really need and want. Did you sense a hunger for this? Absolutely. And I think part of that is the area that I'm in, the outdoors, is very highly valued. A lot of folks that I work with already love the outdoors. That's already been a part of their life, and they're just craving to get it back. So that has been a pretty easy sell in part because of where I live. And then when talking and recruiting volunteers and other physical therapists to help me, it's kind of a no-brainer for us because getting people moving more and moving in a, in a more natural way just makes sense. What year did you actually open, uh, open the program? So I got my 501c3 status in 2016 and then really started programming in 2017. It took a full year to, to really get my feet under me. It looks like there's, there's a lot of moving parts to, to destination rehab. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you offer individual, uh, individualized physical therapy programs. You offer outdoor wellness activities. And you also offer a multi-day adventure rehab retreats. Can you talk about each of those things kind of in, in turn and just tell us a little bit about what's involved? So for outdoor-based physical therapy, we do one-on-one treatment. We actually get referrals from local doctors and peer-to-peer referrals. So people who are in our program will tell their friends about it, and then they call us, and we get them an appointment. So that's one-on-one. We work in the different local parks and on local trails. We bring all of the equipment that we might need. So sometimes we'll have a recumbent trike, three-wheeled recumbent trike. We'll have some weight equipment. We do a lot of agility And then we also just use the natural environment as well. Mm -hmm. We can bill insurance. So we are billing Medicare and Medicaid and a few private plans, or someone can pay out of pocket if they want to. So we have lots of options there. So that's our one-on-one physical therapy. Okay. How about the uh, the outdoor wellness activities that you you offer? We call that our adventure group. Okay. And it's a group of people who dedicate to really a summer-long program of peer support, health and wellness education, and then group outings together. So this is a way for me to connect with them as a group, give tips, give advice, give some of my knowledge to them through small group education, and then they're creating peer connections and social support to hopefully last them much longer than their time would be working with me one-on-one. So we usually have between 5 and 15 people, spouses, caregivers, support team are invited We do one meeting a month where we do educational pieces. 
one meeting is social per month, and then we do at least two outings a month. And it kind of depends on what the group wants to do, but we do everything from zip lining if they want to do it. Last year we hired an adaptive fishing guide because that's what the group wanted to do. We do hikes around town. So it's really about my, me helping guide the group, but them really leading the group. Mm-hmm. When you talk about adaptive fishing, can you, can, you, can, you, um, uh, can you describe that to me? I'm having a hard time visualizing what would, be, uh, what would be involved in an adaptive fishing experience. Well, I can't take credit for all the equipment. So we hire <laughs> a, an adaptive fishing guide who comes out and helps us. And he's very experienced in this. So he actually has a large boat that can accommodate wheelchairs, and he Mm -hmm. has a special ramp system. So he built this boat specifically to be accommodating to wheelchairs, and he also has a whole bunch of adaptive equipment for people to hold a fishing rod one-handed, to be able to get assistance, to be able to prop on the side of the boat. So it's very easy for someone with physical challenges to get on and off his boat and then to go um, out in the lakes and do fishing. We do quite a bit of kayaking and stand-up paddleboarding. Both are really, really great for working on your balance, whether it's sitting or standing. And we have protocols that we've developed to help get someone who might be unsure or is feeling nervous about it or if if we haven't tested their capability yet we have protocols to really start super simple in shallow water let them feel the water let them feel side to side and then we only go out into the deeper water once they're comfortable and they've practiced a bunch of the turns and paddles and different moves and and we all kind of agree okay we're ready for the next step So we have a very gradual protocol for some of those activities to really ease someone into it and help them feel confident. And then we also have some three-wheeled recumbent trikes that we'll bring. We don't have very many of those, so we also team up with the adaptive sports group in town. They have a lot of hand cycles that are available, and they have even more bikes and some mountain bikes. So uh, in combination with them, we'll do bigger group activities. But if it's just my small group, often we we can do it with just a couple of my bikes. Now, can you talk to me a little bit about these multi-day uh, adventure uh, rehab retreats, as you, as you put it, that you, that you offer? They are so much fun. Think of it like a combination between a boot camp plus a really awesome mountain adventure vacation plus some physical therapy, you know, education and wellness support. So in a lot of ways, and and this has changed based on the current situation right now, our original idea was to get groups of people to come together here in this amazing town where a lot of people like to vacation anyway and do an intensive rehab boot camp experience with us while getting into the outdoors and enjoying a whole bunch of fun activities and really taking advantage of everything Central Oregon has to offer. Now that we're in the situation we're in, we're sort of changing what we're offering And it's a little bit more of a take your PT with you on on your, you know, wonderful outdoor vacation. So basically coming alongside people who still would want to vacation here, who still would want to travel here. And we are offering an adjunct to to their vacation that they would normally plan to help them be able to experience a lot more activities and to work intensely on their improvement so that they can be stronger. So we create short-term goals during the week that someone's here. And then we also have a long-term plan for them for when they return home. But the folks who have come out and done these retreats are just shocked and amazed at everything they can do just with a couple of days of intense focus on their recovery. Can you give me a, a for instance? So we had a woman in her 30s who had had a 
really extreme brain injury where she was in a coma actually for over a month, didn't remember anything. A year or so out, she came to our rehab retreat, and she had already gained quite a bit of improvement on her own, but there was a lot that she wasn't doing. She had not really gotten back to any of her old hobbies. She loved the outdoors. She loved hiking and paddleboarding and kayaking and just had not tried any of them yet. She had done a little bit of walking around her neighborhood, but that was about it. So she came to us because she really felt like she needed a boost in her capability. She wanted someone who was a professional to really evaluate her and give her good solid tips and help kind of work her through what needed to happen for her to get that next level of recovery. She had gotten as far as she could take herself, felt like she was in a rut, but knew more was possible. She knew she could go further. So she came to us for a week, and this was just incredible to me. At the beginning, we had her rate herself on a bunch of activities, and there were activities like, you know, cleaning your house or preparing a meal, and she rated herself as really low in terms of her ability to be able to do these activities. Well, throughout the week, we did some rock climbing. We did some a whole bunch of different hiking. We did the biking. We did stand-up paddleboarding where she was in the middle of a lake throwing a ball back and forth with us, which was pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. And we just took her so far beyond to the next level that she never thought she could achieve mm-hmm. that by the end of the week, even though we had not worked on cooking and cleaning, by the end of the week, she rated herself really high in those activities. And her comment was, I just walked over a bunch of rocks on the trail. I just went on a stand-up paddleboard. Cooking seems easy. Cleaning seems easy to me now. And that's really what it's all about, is taking people so far above the level where they think that they can achieve that when they go back home, their normal is, is a new, it's a new normal. They've reset their expectations on what they can do and what's possible. A quick break to encourage you to move. Physical activity is associated with a reduced risk of chronic disease not to mention improved bone health, cognitive function, weight control, and overall quality of life. Simply put, more movement is the gateway to better health. Need some help to get going? Physical therapists are movement experts who use exercise, hands-on care, and patient education to help you meet your goals. You can contact a PT directly for an evaluation. Learn more and find a physical therapist near you at choosept.com. You mentioned the current situation, quote-unquote. Um, the COVID-19 mm-hmm. pandemic uh, has, of course, thrown a wrench into a lot of different things, and I would think something like your operation that has to do with uh, group activities and so on, I mean, it is helped by being in the outdoors, but can you talk about the effects of the, uh, of the pandemic and how that might color how uh, destination rehab looks going forward, at least for the next several months? A few things have changed with our one-on-one treatments. We're all wearing masks and providing masks because we do get pretty close to people if we have to make sure that they're safe if we're doing balance activities and or showing them equipment, getting them on and off. We're also cleaning appropriately all the equipment between each patient, so it just takes a little bit more time. But the one-on-one, because we already were pretty distanced from anyone else and we're outdoors, Mm -hmm. that has actually done really well because a lot of people recognize being outdoors is good right now. Right. (laughs) And so other than a couple of adjustments for sanitation and mask wearing. Not a lot has changed with that. Mm-hmm. For the group activity, we did move to Zoom meetings. And at first, the, it was a learning curve, but the group has done really well. And I think they've realized that you can still make some really good connections over video. 
mm-hmm. with other group members. And we were actually able to build really good rapport among group members mm-hmm. before we ever met and started doing activities. So now we've done a few activities, always outdoors. Uh, we're, we're modifying our activities a little bit to make sure that people can be distanced and have masks. Mm-hmm. So a, a few changes there. You know, there's there's some resiliency that, that is created in the group by supporting each other. There have been some really honest conversations. Some people are more comfortable with being a little bit closer. Other people are not. And so it's actually been really great to have some discussions and allow everyone to share their own thoughts and be really supported by the group, no matter what they're sharing. Is Destination Rehab only in the summer or is it uh, other times of year as well? We do have people that work with us through the winter, and we just bundle up. Sally can actually tell you a little bit about that. Uh, so I have yeah, snowshoes. I can testify we, to that. <laughs> yeah. I have snowshoes, and I figure the snow just gives us a softer surface to work with, and we can work more on balance. We can work more on endurance because it's harder to walk in the snow. Mm-hmm. So for those that will do it, I will be out in the snow with anyone. <laughs> <It's actually> <laughs> <really> <laughs> do you have repeat customers? Absolutely. A few repeats in the adventure group. Again, because I work with folks who have long-term chronic conditions or progressive conditions, you know, these are people that I'm going to be working with on and off for hopefully the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. As we get to know people better, Mm -hmm. it actually allows us to provide better treatment for them as the years go on because we can notice little subtle changes a lot quicker and get on top of it so that they don't experience, you know, an injury or a fall or a decline that's hard to come back from. Have people's uh, experiences in destination rehab uh, had the result of forming support groups where they'll be in touch with other people who have participated in programs with them? Yes. Sally can probably talk to this actually a little bit too because she's now volunteering. But one of one of my favorite things about establishing this program as a nonprofit is that a lot of my clients end up becoming volunteers and becoming board members and becoming donors. And it's just so wonderful for me to see not only that they get to give back to the program, but also that they found it so rewarding that it's worth their time and their energy and their resources mm-hmm. to give back to the next person. Well, well, well Sally, you've, you've been mentioned so many times now that I feel like it, it's past due. It's past due to bring you into the conversation. Thank you. <laughs> so, sure. So, so, so first, I want, I want to uh, talk to you a little bit about sort of what brought you to, uh, to Destination Rehab in the first place. I, I understand that you were a very active person until a progressive of disease started slowing you down about 10 years ago. Can you, can you tell us about that to, to start off with? Yeah, well, um, I was an active person, and I'm glad to say I'm still active. I grew up in Southern California, so I was outdoors a lot. Tennis was a big part of my life. We did a lot of hiking and backpacking, uh, skiing, and uh, when I was about oh, mid-50s, you know, just was getting a little older and schedule changing. I, I was transitioning my activity to uh, long-distance walking and a lot of hiking. I started a, um, a hiking group in San Diego County. We'd have so much fun exploring everything that that area had to offer. Mm-hmm. I loved hiking. And um, I noticed on some of my long-distance walking, um, where I'd be doing 15 miles, it started getting a little bit more difficult. I would get tired, and my my legs just didn't feel quite right. I I was shuffled a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. And then that that came started happening at eight miles, and then you know, five miles. Yeah, that was good. And it I didn't think much of it. 
I just thought I was getting older. But one day I was on a hike with my group, and just very suddenly my right foot wouldn't move. Hmm. I couldn't pick it up. I was dragging it. Very curious. So, you know, we stopped, we rested, and then I could go on and stopped and rested. And, yeah, I was just very curious about it. I wasn't in any discomfort at that point. So I didn't do anything right away. Then, you know, my my legs would start cramping. I would be, you know, slammed with fatigue, thinking it was just the heat and all. I went to the doctor, and um, the journey to diagnosis took five years, um, going from my doctor to an orthopedist to physical therapy to all kinds of holistic avenues. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that the length of that journey was my fault because every now and then MS, multiple sclerosis, was mentioned, and I just couldn't picture myself as a victim with a chronic disease. I'd always been able to recover from any sports injuries. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I put off the MRIs until um, I finally did get a diagnosis, and um, actually by that point I was relieved um, to finally know what I was up against. Mm-hmm. And at that point I was um, 60 years old, and I... And finding out more about the disease, um, I became a little somewhat grateful that I hadn't been affected until I was 60. I'd already done a lot of my life experiences that were fabulous. So mm-hmm. that was my journey to that point. Mm-hmm. And, and, but to, so what brought you uh, to Bend from, from San Diego, from, the, from Southern California, where you had been living? Well, uh, in one word, retirement. Uh, uh-huh. Um, our kids were no longer in Southern California. We have two daughters that were in the Bay Area. Um, there were no more house repairs my husband could do. Um, he, I knew he'd want to be outdoors and active, and he is from Oregon. Hmm. And we certainly didn't want to move to the Bay Area. We wanted out of Southern California, out of the out of the traffic. Although I must say San Diego is a fabulous place to have lived all these mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Oregon, and especially Bend, appealed to us. And we could check off a lot of the boxes of what we were anticipating we were going to need. And so that's why we chose Bend. Mm-hmm. And, and how, in turn, once you got to Bend, did you end up uh, coming uh, into, uh, into Destination Rehab and meeting up with uh, Carol Ann? Well, I went to my new neurologist. And one of my intentions when I came to Bend and, and got established with a new neurologist, a new practice, is I wanted to do some physical therapy. I, I had a, a picture in my mind that it was going to be cold and snowy. I'd never lived in extended cold and never lived in snow. And I figured I would be shut inside. And so I wanted an opportunity to get out and get some exercise in the when it was cold, and my neurologist, in interviewing me, realized that I, how much I loved the outdoors and how much I wanted to be active in this beautiful new environment. And she is the one who, who led me right away to Carol Ann and Destination Rehab. When you first met Carol Ann and, and in your initial acquaintanceship with uh, the Destination Rehab program, what, if any, expectations did you have? I mean, you say that you wanted to be more active, but what did you realistically think you were going to be able to do? Well, realistically, I didn't think I was going to be able to do hardly anything. I knew the limitations of my body. I was I'm mainly affected by what is called foot drop or drop foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe I could walk 50 yards before it would manifest. I was 
becoming more and more dependent on a cane. I just didn't picture myself being able to be active in this beautiful environment with all the hiking trails and just the nature of the activities that can here. So I was curious. I mm-hmm. was just curious to see what this Carol Ann was going to do for me. So we, first of all, met in a clinical situation because she wanted to interview me and she needed to do baseline testing. Mm-hmm. And then she said to me, well, what are your goals? I've never had a physical therapist ask me what my goal is. They have their goal for me. And it kind of took me back, and I, I said, well, I hadn't thought about it. And I said, well, I want to be able to walk safely in snow. And mm-hmm. I have no idea how to do this, and I'm scared to death. Mm-hmm. And, for example, so we, we did some goal setting. I wanted to be able to get up off the floor if I was alone and if I couldn't get to a chair or a table. So that was a goal we wanted to work on. I had I could never picture myself going out in any weather below 50 degrees. And she said, well, you'll be out in weather a lot colder than that. And I just thought, well, I've got to see what she's all about. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, i very pleasantly surprised. I, it's just been absolutely fabulous. Get it, back into the great outdoors. It, it occurs to me you must love your husband a whole lot to move to Oregon uh, when you were somebody who uh, was definitely afraid of any temperature under 50 degrees. Yeah. Well, again, I pictured myself sitting inside by the fire. But, again, that wasn't really your preference. You, you, you preferred to be active. Yeah. Oh, yes. I just didn't know that I could be. Right, and right. I got involved with Destination Rehab. So can you talk a little bit, Sally, if you would, about the, the effects that Destination Rehab has had uh, on your strength, your endurance, your your balance, and, and, and the types of activities you've been able to uh, perform and participate in that you initially would have had no idea that you'd be able to do? Well, the effects have been positive. I am tested and monitored probably at least every six weeks we go through our exercises. I have a progressive disease, which means it's going downhill. Mm-hmm. My, my mobility is regressive. When you're fighting a progressive disease, you want to either stop it or slow it. And my goal was to slow it down. I, I know that there's no way to totally stop the type of MS that I have, but I knew I, I could maybe slow it down with, with exercise and a healthy lifestyle. So Carol Ann, when we finished with our first, if not second, retesting showed me the results and I hadn't gone downhill. That was good. You're hoping to stay stable and so well I had improved. So I don't know who was more excited, me or Carol (laughs) you know, it was certainly a cause for celebration. And what I was improving in was my my speed, Mm -hmm. my balance, my endurance, my strength. So all all those, you know, balance is so crucial when you have foot drop because you don't want to trip and fall down. So it was it was just a very positive positive direction we were going in and we still are. It continues. Yeah, and and I will illustrate it just a little bit further by saying that I hardly use a cane anymore at all. Um I don't use it at all in the house anymore. Uh if I'm going out like to a market, I will not use a cane to walk into the market any longer. Mm-hmm. Um so that, to me, is, is a big improvement. And that must feel empowering to you, too, as well, I would imagine. 
It is. And, you know, I, I'm very proud of myself. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to point out the huge testament to Sally being willing to try something new, being brave, mm-hmm. uh, working hard. I mean, it's her hard work. I'm I'm the guide and coming up with ideas and tweaking things, but she's the one who has to put in all the hard work. Right. So right. the fact that she not only did not see progression of her disease, she actually improved, which we just weren't sure what to expect at the mm-hmm. beginning. She actually had huge improvements, doubled some of her scores in, in the right direction, improved some of her scores by doubling them. So, I mean, we were just so excited to see that after several months of working together. And that just shows, you know, her determination and willingness to try something novel, try something new and just jump in, you know, kind of all in really made a huge difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I imagine attitude and, and, and will plays a tremendous role in a situation, especially like that, where it is a progressive disease. And you figure if you're staving off, uh, de- uh, st- staving off regression or, or a deficit that you're, you're ahead of the game. Yeah. And that is the name of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Carol Ann, I wanted to ask you as well, um, uh, Sally told us about uh, her journey to your door. Um, How generally uh, do you find people or do they find you? A lot of it locally here is word of mouth. So we do have relationships that we're developing with the neurologists in town and quite a few of the primary care providers in town, the family doctors. As they send us patients and as those patients go back to them with good reports, you know, we send reports to them and I always try and include a little extra so that they really have a clear picture of what's going on with the person that they sent to us. And then also being connected with the support groups here in town, I think developing the social connections with the clients and the participants that are involved in my program has really helped because they're friends with each other and then they kind of pull the rest of their friends into it. So we actually get quite a number of people just calling us up saying, hey, my neighbor told me about this program. You know, I'm tired of doing the same old thing. Mm -hmm. I really want to improve more. I really want to work on this. This is very important to me. You know, do you think I'm a good candidate for your your program? Mm -hmm. And then I always do screening calls with everybody, especially because my program is so unique. I like to get to know them a little bit just over the phone, ask them some questions and really describe what they're getting into so that they know ahead of time and so that I make sure they have enough buy-in that they'll be successful because I want Mm -hmm. everyone who comes here to be really successful, and we want to set them up so that they can just hit the ground running. You know, earlier I had uh, referenced the, uh, the the wide range of, of ages in destination rehab, and I, I was I was struck by that, and I wanted to ask you if you could maybe relate to me, uh, uh, Carol Ann, the experience of a uh, of one of your, your younger participants and, and one of your older participants, and sort of what brought them to you and, and what you were able, what, what working with them you were both able to do together. So we have a woman we're working with right now. She's in her 30s, and she's had cerebral palsy for her entire life and really was starting to feel very stuck at home. And and like I said of our other participant, same kind of thing, just feeling like she was in a rut, doing the same exercises at home over and over. It was getting really boring. And she really wanted a way to embrace life a lot more fully. And she wanted to see what she was capable of now that she's in her 30s. And this is a condition that she's been dealing with for her whole life. So she has come to us and had not been biking, had not been off of pavement. I actually find this with a lot of folks who come to me that they've, I'll ask them, how long has it been since you've not walked on pavement, like walked on grass or on dirt or on a trail? And oftentimes it's years, many years, Mm -hmm. that someone has literally not stepped off of 
pavement. Mm-hmm. So now we're getting her on grass and on sand and on trails. And, you know, it's it's going to be a lot of work. It's not going to be a quick process for her to become independent with some of those things. But we're starting the process now, and we're dedicated to working through it with her. And she's really excited to be outdoors and discovering a lot of new things she can do. She's gotten onto our bikes and does, you know, a great job on those. Her next goal is to get on the kayak, so we'll give that a try. Hmm. So so she has really had so much fun doing rehab in a different and an exciting way. I like the way and you then, put that, getting oh. people off pavement. Because when, you, when, when you're off pavement, that suggests that you're actually tactily getting into other kinds of, uh, other kinds of environments and kind of expanding what you, what you might yeah. believe you're capable of. Absolutely. Absolutely. And think of how much you can access when you're able to go off of pavement, how limited you are when you're not. And sometimes it's just a matter of confidence building, just mm-hmm. trying it out a few times with somebody and showing them they can do it. Other times it's a longer process and you mm-hmm. have to work more on balance or on ankle control and stability or on their endurance to make sure they can get to the bench to sit down and that they're going to be safe doing it. So everyone has a little bit of a different process, and that's part of why I love working with people with neurologic conditions because Mm -hmm. everyone is different and unique, and I have to approach everyone as kind of a new person in a fresh face. Mm -hmm. Now, now if you would, tell me about one one of your older participants. Yeah, so we had a woman in her 90s last year as part of our adventure group, and she had lived a very active life. And as she approached her 60s or so, she was diagnosed with Parkinson's. It was a pretty slow progression, so it really didn't slow her down until she was about in her 80s. And then she moved here and found my program just last year and was a part of our adventure group. So she had gone from hiking, backpacking with friends, I mean, well into her 70s at least. And then in the past decade or so, had really seen a lot more difficulty in just getting outside, feeling confident. But it was sad when she first joined our group because she said she had lost all of her friends at that point because she could no longer keep up with them Mm. and she could no longer do the same level of activities that she had done before. And she didn't really know where to go from there. Mm -hmm. So she was at home and she had a beautiful garden that she would tend to, but her social interactions had decreased so much and she felt so isolated and just didn't know how to re-engage because all of the people that she would have done activities with, she could no longer keep up. Mm-hmm. So she joined our group, made some wonderful friends. She actually hosted a big barbecue at her house for our group. And by the end of the summer, we had her up on a stand-up paddleboard, standing on her own, balancing. Now she chose not to go out in the deep water and that was totally fine, but she mm-hmm. felt so proud of herself. She actually balanced for a little bit on her own with us standing next to her, you know, ready to help her out. Mm -hmm. And that was such a huge success to her to be outdoors on the water, engaging in this group on a regular basis. She went on quite a few hikes with us. She did the biking with us. And it, it just opened up a whole new world, not only of social interaction, but of capability for her so that a year later, she has a group of friends now that she can go out with. And it's It's not the same level of activity as she did before, but it's far more than she was doing before she came to our program. And it's kind of cool when you've got a nonagenarian who can tell people she's in an adventure group. Yes, yes. The whole group was so proud of her. And that's the amazing thing, to get that encouragement from peers who, no matter what age they are, they're, they're also experiencing some kind of challenge. And we have folks with brain injury and folks with stroke and we have folks with Parkinson's and we have men and women and all ages in this group 
Mm-hmm. And they all support each other. They're all on different journeys, different paths, and yet they all support each other. And it's mm-hmm. just so wonderful to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sally, I wanted to come back to you just for, for a moment. You had yeah. mentioned you had mentioned earlier that uh, that you're still um, uh, involved with destination rehab. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you just uh, kind of moving forward, what your what your goals are now, and what uh, what role destination rehab plays in your life, and 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 what you feel like your life would look like without it. Eric, my goal is to stay on my own two feet. When I was first diagnosed by a doctor at the University of California, San Diego, he assessed the damage to my nervous system, and he said, you know, my brain is good, but the damage is in my spine. And he said, if, if you keep up a healthy lifestyle, I probably won't have to see a wheelchair till I'm 87. Well, that sounded pretty good to me. Facing a progressive disease, I do see the changes. And so it's a reality to me that I am fighting something that's fighting me. So I'm trying to to win that battle. And like I said, stay on my own two feet. I want to address something about the benefits of physical therapy outdoors. And Mm -hmm. that's the mental benefit of it. Um, You know, physical therapy can work great in a clinical situation for you physically. I found it still rather sterile and and somewhat depressing. Hmm. But when you're outdoors, it's a whole different ballgame. And that's been one of the the best benefits for me also. Depression is a very common symptom with MS and I'm sure many other, you know, chronic diseases. Mm -hmm. And you just get such a good boost out of being outdoors, being productive, having accomplishments. Uh, you know, if if we walk, I walk 50 feet, and then I close my eyes and walk backwards, and then I walk sideways. You're just doing different things that are in Carol Ann's hands, but they're, they're working all these different parts of your body that you just know are going to be to your benefit. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just a huge proponent of outdoor physical therapy. Um, I guess I wanted to close by asking, um, uh, Carolyn, I wanted to ask you um, sort of what you see for Destination Rehab uh, moving forward. And, and if you have opportunities to kind of evangelize, if you will, this, this form of therapy um, as, you, uh, as you speak to other PTs and other healthcare people around the country. So first I would say I'm not advocating that we – completely get rid of physical therapy as we know it. The the current clinic opportunities are still needed and very valuable. I think there's opportunity to go even further and to provide more and to provide that last step of full community participation and getting people really truly back to the hobbies that they want to do and enjoy and love so that the rest of their life they can continue to participate in those things. So I really see my program as a you know, an add-on, an added benefit to some of what already exists. And I actually work pretty closely with several of the physical therapists in town who have more traditional clinics, and we will send patients back and forth. If I have someone who I feel like needs certain equipment or really needs to be in a more controlled clinic environment, is not quite ready for my program for any reason, or would benefit from a specialty that someone else has, I'll refer them over. And then those other therapists will send people to me as well. So I don't see this as something to replace current physical therapy practice. I see it as the next level, the next step that we need to grow into as a profession. And I assume that you would yeah. you would say there aren't enough of these kinds of programs around the country. Oh, yeah. There are hardly any. 
Um, so I actually was able to do a presentation at our national conference at CSM, and we pulled out the room times two. I mean, it was amazing to see how many physical therapists and students being trained right now are so passionate about this idea. So I think this is absolutely the next wave of physical therapy mm. uh, that we can offer to keep patients out of the ruts that they tend to get into to help um, encourage them and inspire them to really enjoy life more, that there's so much more available. And when you're moving better and when you're stronger and when your balance is better, you're capable of experiencing so much more. And we can be the ones to help guide Mm -hmm. everyone into that next level of enjoyment and participation in life, whatever hobbies, whatever activities they choose. And I should mention, just for uh, for listeners' benefit, uh, you, you mentioned CSM. That would be the Combined Sections Meeting, which is a, a big APTA meeting of, uh, of uh, sections of APTA and means that uh, a lot of people have been exposed to uh, destination rehab through that venue. Yes. I've gotten hundreds of emails from clinicians and students who want to know more because the idea captured in their mind so quickly, and they said, yes, I can think of patients I'm treating now who need this, and mm-hmm. I want to offer it to them. Well, um, uh, Carol Ann Nelson, uh, Sally McAllister, uh, thanks so much for uh, speaking with us on Move Forward Radio and sharing your experiences with us. We've appreciated it. Thank you, Eric. Enjoyed it. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Or find previous episodes at ChoosePT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at ChoosePT.com.